0: Hello! My name is Chris Hagadon, and welcome to this podcast, Like Lightning, where I read my original fictional stories that you have time for. Today's short story, titled The Parasitical Being, will be the second part of a three-part series. So if you haven't already, I implore that you go back and listen to part one. Now, Let's get started. End of part one. Without warning, it darted forward and before I could react, it enveloped me in pitch black nothingness. When I was able to see again, I detected a superficial change in the environment, as though my sight did not agree with my other senses. It smelled like the putrid inside of a rotting, hollowed-out tree, but I saw nothing but white. My eyes were certainly working, but all there was to see was a supposedly endless plane of white nothingness. Exhausted, I sat down on the dull flatness of this untextured white plane, and remembered I was supposed to be over at a friend's house today. I felt a pang of guilt and worry. I couldn't imagine what my parents and friends were feeling while I was gone. Would they be upset? Probably. Somehow, being trapped here was my fault. No one knew I had been trapped in an illustrious forest that leached off of a magnificent tree. Surely, that was reason enough to judge me. Not only was I odd-looking, not only was I unbelievably awkward, and not only was I a complete and utter failure when it came to communication, but I was also someone who couldn't find a way out of this endless abyss of sharp, blinding white. I was someone who was unintelligent and took too much time to process things. I was someone who overthought every little detail. Someone who simply couldn't get out of his head for a single moment. And someone who doubted his response to everything. I had trapped myself here, I thought. No one else knew this feeling, right? Surely, no one else had visited this land of terrible nothingness after being attacked by a shadow with deep-seated resentment towards their very existence? Maybe they did though. Maybe someone else felt trapped too. What if they were able to find a way out of this dismal place? No, surely not. Even if others were trapped here too, and even if they had the ability to escape, they would not want to help someone like me. With great effort, I ran in no particular direction, hoping to escape, getting absolutely nowhere fast. Soon, I was too tired to run any longer. And so, with sweat skidding down my face, I lay down on my back, feeling defeated. I lay staring into whiteness that completely engulfed me. It was empty. No one was here. The ground was neither hard nor soft. It was neither cold nor hot. It was a nothingness so incomprehensibly dull. It was the least anyone could ask for. Thinking of nothing better to do, I decided sleeping would help me escape this nothingness. I mused whether I was in a dream. It sure felt real. Was it even possible to become drowsy in a dream? If so, could I drift off peacefully? Or would I be stuck in a state of uneasy rest? Really, who could know such an arbitrary question? Certainly not me. Suddenly, my mind was interrupted from its own trap of thought. I was pretty sure I was able to see an interference in the plain unending white. Perhaps a figure in the distance? If this was indeed someone, who could it possibly be? Did I know them? Probably not. Could they help me? Did I even desire assistance, or was I past all hope of escape? Yes, without a doubt, I wanted to free myself from this evil place. Even though I didn't have to put in any effort to stay here, this place was evil. Even though I knew it would be so much trouble to leave, I knew this place was wrong. It was subtle, yet that could not take away from the very fact that this place was no different than the purest blatant forms of evil. I resolved that if I could acquire this person's assistance, then I would strive to flee with them. Now, I could see this person clearly enough to distinguish them easily from the stark, blinding world of white. I saw someone who seemed around my age, maybe 15, running towards me at an impressive speed. A girl in a maroon-colored hoodie and matte, dark brown hair tied up in a ponytail. As I quickly stood, she stopped abruptly in front of me. Her blunt and determined message tumbled out of her. What are you doing lingering here? Though her voice was tinged with worry, and though she seemed a tad nervous herself, her expression seemed kind, and she was animated in an indescribable way that radiated an essence of trust and emotional maturity. Exactly the way I wish I were. Feeling there was no other way to respond, I answered in a dull, somewhat forced tone. Hello, who are you? Why are you here? I immediately felt ridiculous for letting my words come out in such an uninteresting and confidence lacking manner. I'm sorry, I blurted. I was just wondering why you came here, of all places, and whether or not you know where we are. She gave me an understanding look. I began to quickly ramble. I hate this place. It seems wonderful, but I know the monotony will cause me to sink far too deep into my mind. When that happens, I feel like I might lose myself. It's as if the shadow that attacked me is entangling my mind. I'm not sure if you know of the shadow. I felt that if this girl was here as well, then she must have also been attacked. A part of me. Desperately hoped she had, otherwise, she would think I had lost it. This thought tore at me, and I tried to repel it from my mind, but it persisted, leaving upon me a weight of steady uncomfort. First off, the girl remarked, I can very clearly see that you're constantly fretting about what I think of you. You're wondering whether I think you can escape whether I think you're dumb, and even why I'm helping you. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking, I said with tentative surprise. I wondered how much she knew. Maybe she had been through this before, or maybe she could tell just by looking at me. That made me nervous. Was so much that obvious? Quickly, a wave of embarrassment crashed upon me, as I realized I had interrupted. I made sure to remain silent. Not seeming to mind, she continued. Sometimes I visit here, she said. Not on purpose, of course, only from time to time. I really try to do it less often, but sometimes it draws me in. I am very familiar with this realm. But even though that is the case, I despise this place. Hey, that rhymed, she stated as she chuckled aloud. Something I know I would never do. So, you know where we are, I questioned. Yes, of course, she replied. Many people visit here and simply don't realize it. It's really quite sad that they aren't able to escape from something they feel while not knowing what's there. Now that you're able to see this realm without it being distorted by your mind, I'm almost completely positive that you feel overwhelmingly desperate and defeated. Yeah, I guess so, I said somewhat gravely. I didn't know how much I should reveal to a complete stranger. But I suppose she seemed open to hearing what I had to say, so I continued. How do you seem to know so much about how my thoughts work. Why, that's easy, she said passionately. I used to be just like you, trapped in my mind, trudging through a bog of unhealthy thoughts. I like to call the thoughts that drag us down parasitical thoughts, thoughts that tear away at you and slowly drain your essence and personality. Really, I said uncertainly. I was astounded that this girl who had the personality I wish I had, once had felt the same as I do now. In fact, she continued, sometimes I still feel like that. That's one reason I'm here. Of course, I'm also here to deliver a message to you. For me, I mumbled, surprised as few ever took the time to deliver any sort of thing to me. Who sent the message, I asked. Was it... My friends, do they know I'm here? It doesn't matter who delivered it. It only matters what it says, she told me. I often deliver messages to help poor victims who are trapped here to escape. You are no different. Well, what is the message, I wondered aloud. Not wanting to sound rude, but I couldn't help feeling extremely curious as I was more than ready to escape from this vast void. At least knowing she wouldn't think I was completely insane, since she was here as well, helped dissolve some of my worries. Wait, how did I know I wasn't insane? Maybe I had lost it. Maybe I was in a dream. I was asleep after all. That didn't seem to be much of a stretch. Am I in a dream, I asked, not knowing what her response might be. For either way, she would probably say I wasn't. Suddenly, I heard an ear-splitting tearing sound nearby. The girl's face swiftly became stricken with terror. Run, she shouted above the sound, which was turning from tearing to screeching in only a matter of seconds. Where, I shouted, unable to keep back the overwhelming fear that was invoked, by this horrible, revolting sound. I had no time to think. I only had time to run. All right. I really hope you enjoyed the second part of this story. And honestly, there are quite a few changes I would make to it as I wrote this a while ago. However, I don't want to change any of it because it'll be great to look back at when I've significantly improved in writing, and I'll be able to see how much better I've actually become. I cannot wait till that happens. It will be so cool. Anyway, this podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and many other platforms to leave feedback or to ask a question please go to anchor.fm chris slash message the link is provided in the episode description thank you for listening please subscribe and tune in for the third and final part of the parasitical being this upcoming monday